Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Thanks for hanging out with us. We are so delighted to have Robin Olavera joining us. Her new novel is The Winter Sisters. She's New York Times bestselling author of My Name is Mary Sutter. And this new book, Winter Sisters, I'm telling you, Robin, I I couldn't put it down. It's so good. Welcome to our show. Welcome. Oh, gosh. Thank you for having me. And I'm so glad to hear you couldn't put it down. I, I really... Um, Lori, who's not here today, my uh, co-host, usually she reads all of our books because she can read them in a day. And I stress out. And I was so excited to, you know, so I had the pressure I had to read this, but I, it took me two days. It's so good. Oh, thank you. Can, thank you. It really is. So can you give everybody the setup for the book? Sure. So ostensibly, the book is about two little girls, two little sisters, the winter sisters of the novel who disappear in a blizzard in 1879 in Albany, New York. And it's about what happens to them, what happens to the people who love them, and what happens to the city of Albany as a result of that disappearance. But really, um, I tend to write about 19th century glass ceilings. I write about women's issues for the most part. And this is really about um, what agency, uh, what degree of agency women and children can uh, fight for themselves um, in any particular age. It's really, and when you say the strong female character, Mary Sutter, um, if we haven't, you know, I didn't read your first, first book, My Name is Mary Sutter, um, and this book takes place, what is it, 12 years after that book, so you, I didn't know anything about Mary and you can just read this one if you've never read the first one, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And so what you were talking about breaking glass ceilings in the 19th century and Mary Sutter is a doctor. She's a former Civil War surgeon. So how common was that profession among women uh, in this time period? It was pretty rare. Um, right around the time of the Civil War, there were only two uh, medical schools that accepted women and both of them went out of um, business right about the time the Civil War started. Uh, So it was pretty rare. Elizabeth Blackwell was really ostensibly the first woman physician in America. Uh, Right about the time, 1879, I did a little research. There were five women physicians in Albany in 1879, but uh, the Albany Medical School wouldn't accept women applicants until the year 1912. So I would say that Albany was probably a little ahead of the game, and the kinds of uh, problems that women physicians encountered were <clears throat> were enormous. Um, most physicians, most male physicians, did not accept women in that role. It it really and Mary's you know Dr. Mary Sutter her struggle in the book it's it's pretty amazing just to read because 
you forget, like you said, there's five positions for women um, when the, at the, during the same time period that the book was written from. It's just amazing what women had to go through. You know, it's shocking. I think we, I think we forget, and that's one of the reasons that I like to write about 19th century glass ceilings because the glass ceiling still exists. It might be a little bit higher, but some of those struggles are the same. It's interesting now to me that um, in medical schools, 51% of the students are women and 49% male, and that is that is a huge change from 130 years ago. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And in this book, you know, you have a little romance, you have lovely music, um, you know, you talk about this conservator, uh, this place in Paris where um, one Elizabeth, I believe, went to um, learn how to be a great violinist. Was Is music a part of your, I mean, was that uncommon to have a woman violinist in that period? It was, un- it was also uncommon. It was difficult uh, for women to get into conservatories at the time, or if they got into conservatories, they were not actually, um, and they were not promoted. They were not accepted, with the exception of Camille Urso, who is a uh, character in the book, and that's why I included her, but also at um, the Boston Conservatory, as it was then known. Now it's the New England Conservatory. Julius Eichner, who's a character in the book, is... Uh, one one of the first men who promoted women physicians to um, <clears throat> to uh, performance capab- performance shows. They um, he started the first string quartet of that was all women in the world. I think. Wow. So it was women were just beginning to emerge then in music, just as they were beginning to emerge in lots of professions. Do you feel like, um, okay, so you started writing, I think you were a registered nurse. And then you started writing in your 40s and were accepted into a writing school and stuff. How Was it something you always wanted to be, but you kept it on the back burner? Or did you just say, I'm just going to go for it? (laughs) There was a lot of I'm just going to go for it in there. Um, The major thing that, uh, the major part of who I am is that I'm a reader. I have always been a reader. I have always loved books, even from the time I was very young. Uh, Kids would be outside playing and I'd be reading books. And uh, when my son went to kindergarten, he was my last child, I, I was either go back to nursing, which I adored, I absolutely loved it, or try to learn how to write books so that I could write books. And uh, my indulgent husband said, well, why don't you go for it? Why don't you try? It took me a long time. My first book was not published until my son was a sophomore in college. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. But, yeah. but, I mean, are you kind of pinching yourself then? That, I mean, because this book is is just so great it really is i i absolutely loved it thank you i um i'm i'm really grateful when readers connect with my books because i work really hard it takes me two years uh sometimes three to do the research for the books i take the research very seriously i tell the storylines very seriously and 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 i am very interested in 19th century glass ceilings so i'm always trying to find the truth, you know, sort of some of the eternal truths about humankind. And I'm, I'm just delighted at the reception this book has, has received. Oh, it's just, it's I can fantastic. see it as a movie. I mean, I would just, because it really, you take in, you know, there's a little romance, there's great family drama, and you talk about, you know, doing the research, and it's based on two very dramatic things that happen, a blizzard and then a flood. Yes. How did you decide to base it around, you know, weather, <laughs> if, if it were, to, you know? 
Yeah, that breaks a lot of rules of fiction. You know, you're never supposed to just open a book with weather. Um, <laughs> it was a dark we, we always seem to talk about it around here in Minnesota right now because it's just cold. Well, exactly. And you can't talk about Albany, New York without talking about the weather. It's terrible. <laughs> and uh, when I was doing, I mean, I, when I was growing up, it was terrible. Lots of blizzards. But the particular blizzard uh, that's featured in the novel, I moved from the year 1888 to 1879 um, uh, because <clears throat> back then there was no forecasting. So people would be going about their day, and if right. a, a nor'easter hit, it was a disaster of civic and personal proportions. So I um, I thought that it would be interesting to write the book uh, around that particular storm because when things like that happen, ordinary things fall away and extraordinary things occur, both good and bad. 400 people disappeared, um, died in that storm, and many more disappeared. And so... Uh, I, I thought it was a, a good fictional opportunity. Oh, gosh. Oh, I, I just can't tell you how much I love so, it. Winter Sisters is the second book in the Mary Sutter series. So the first one, My Name is Mary Sutter. I want to go read Winter that. Winter Sisters. Uh, is Dr. Mary Sutter going to be appearing in another book? Well, um, there's a whole literary history of trilogies. I'm going to uh, leave her behind for this next book, I think. Uh, but I, I think that family... The book after that that I write, I think the family is going to have to return. I think, I, I think there are some unresolved issues that remain in Winter Sisters that I'd like to explore, um, and to see how Mary Sutter is when she's in her sixties. You know, she's in her forties in this book. I want to see what she's like in her sixties. And, and she will you, have lived an interesting life by then. Uh, yes, and I want to catch up with the the group, the other group. The younger ones. Um, this, oh, well, absolutely. I know. I'm going to read your other book now. It's just so good. Um, Robin, tell us the last your great book that you've read that you're like, oh, my gosh, this is the best. Well, I really loved this book called The Second Mrs. Hockaday by a woman named Susan Rivers. It's her first novel. It's an epistolary novel, so it's, it takes place in letters, which you soon forget. I don't particularly like books like that, but this one you soon forget when you're reading. It's a collage, sort of a way to play with point of view. Right. Set in the Civil War about uh, a young woman who is accused of murdering her baby. It is fantastic. Oh, gosh, that sounds good. It's All right. Algon- it- it's, Algonquin is the publisher. It's okay. extraordinary. The second Mrs. Hockaday, H-O-C-K-A-D-Y. Oh, gosh, that sounds so good. Well, we yes. are just thrilled, and we hope to keep uh, have you back again for your next novel. And thank you so much. The book is Winter Sisters by Robin Oliveira. And I'm telling you, you just have a beautiful way to tell a story. And I learned so much. I mean, it was so good. Thank you, thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it very much. Well, you're welcome. Oh, thank All you, right. Robin. We've got three copies of the book to give away, two copies. Donnie's raising his fingers Two copies to give away, 651-641-1071. This one's a good one, guys. We'll be right back.